Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer. That is Trent Smallwood, and we are here, as we always are on Monday night, live to talk UGA football recruiting. Of course, uh, a week from this Monday night, Trent, Georgia will be playing in its second consecutive national championship game, and that has a lot to do, as we saw with the cavalcade of injuries that came in that game with the recruiting that that we always talk about here that Kirby Smart has seemed seemingly mastered over his era there. Uh, it was quite evident, Trent, with that game against Ohio State. Yeah, um, <clears throat> you, you saw um, you, you saw the, the outside linebacker room get even more thin um, with with uh, Noah Smith already being down, and then uh, a couple of his backups going down with Robert Bill and Chas Chambliss. Um, you even you, you saw uh, Michael Williams go down a couple times, and uh, uh, just the physicality of the game. Uh, I think the biggest loss was Darnell Washington. Um, whether or not he can play the national championships yet to be seen, but uh, just a physical game. Um, you know, all the uh, Ohio State had injuries, uh, Georgia had injuries, and it was just a physical game played throughout the game. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, we have a special guest here for you tonight. We're going to introduce him. Uh, here shortly, but first I wanted to get a word in from our sponsors. You can see at the bottom, Turner Wooden Smith Insurance in cooperation with Auto Owners Insurance. Turner Wooden Smith, they take care of you. Uh, all the customer service been around for over 100 years and so has Auto Owners as well. Time tested policy providers, whether it's life, home, car, business, uh, they'll, they'll have you taken care of. Um, so go either to TWSinsurance.com or auto owners dot com and uh they'll they'll get you right they'll get you uh helped out with with all your stuff i'll put the put the urls down at the bottom scrolling across here now without further ado uh let me get our background switched so i can have three people um this is a name that you need to know for the class of 2025 it is mr ryan montgomery quarterback out of finley ohio uh ryan how you doing this evening man i'm doing great how are you mr gilman Fantastic, fantastic. Been uh, been interviewing Ryan here, Trent, since he was uh, an eighth grader, just kind of tagging along with his uh, brother Luke, who is a Ohio State commit. So we have uh, we we're we're going to get into that here in just a minute, how that this weekend went. But uh, in terms of you know Ryan, you you came down there as an eighth grader, just not really expecting a whole lot. But for people who haven't. Uh, read some of the articles we've done at UGA Sports about you and seen some of the interviews. Just tell them how that first experience went with you and uh, Todd Munkin and, oddly enough, JT Daniels when you uh, when you visited back then. Yeah, for sure. So first time I visited Georgia, I was, again, like you said, I was tagging along with my older brother. Um, we were on a summer tour. One of the schools we stopped by was Georgia. Um, we stopped by there all day, and um, ironically enough, there was actually no other quarterbacks there that day. So, like you said, I got to spend the entire day with Coach Munkin. He basically treated me like I was on an official. And, again, yet again, this is when I was in eighth grade. Um, and we also got to have dinner that night with JT Daniels, and that was pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, JT was going to be the quarterback at that point in time. He'd just come off a successful end to the, into the, that season before. And then, lo and behold, a, a, a pesky, uh, you know, little former walk-on uh, ends up, you know, having a pretty good year uh, and leading Georgia to a national championship. We're going to ask you about the dynamics of uh, inside the Montgomery household of watching that game yeah. first. But man, just talk about for as a, from a quarterback standpoint, what what do you think about watching uh, both CJ Stroud and Stetson Bennett, but specifically Stetson Bennett in that fourth quarter against Ohio State? Yeah, for sure. I mean, both both offenses, both quarterbacks were dialing up to say the least. Um, it was very fun to watch. Um, both competing at a very high level. And you can just tell that both quarterbacks were in complete control of the offense. Stetson Bennett, um, complete control in Georgia's offense. And I've been talking to Coach Munkin a lot, and he just says that he gives Stetson Bennett a lot of freedom in that offense, and it really showed. Yeah, uh, Trent, uh, before we before we get into it, I, I'm going to let you ask a couple of questions. But I got to know, Ryan, I got to know, with your brother being an Ohio State commit, uh, you know, then you you guys watching the playoff, you're getting 
heavily recruited by Georgia. I would dare to say that Georgia and Ohio State are maybe even going head to head, depending on on how things go with some other schools for your for your commitment here. Uh, what was it like uh, watching watching that matchup with uh, you know your brothers going there, but here you are you're you're maybe talking uh, somewhat to the enemy on the other side. What was the <laughs> dynamic in the Montgomery household? Yeah, exactly. It's a very unique situation. Um, both schools have treated me very well. They recruited me very well, so I was pretty neutral in that game. I just wanted to watch a a great game. Is really all I was asking for. And obviously, Luke was cheering for Ohio State as he's committed there. Um, he's pretty bummed that they lost. Um, I'm not, you could say I kind of wanted Ohio State to win more just because, like, if they would have won, then Luke would have gone to go to the national championship. Yeah. So, uh, you got to root for your brother a little bit, you know, there. But, yeah, just but, for, but um, you know, I was just looking for a great game, and it showed it really was a great game. Trent, what you got for Ryan here? Yeah, uh, you know, Ohio State having uh, – they're kind of known to have that high-powered offense, and uh, Georgia – has, has been known, you know, kind of in the years past of, of being more of a defensive school. And uh, and now, you know, Georgia's kind of putting up points and, and it's more it's more high scoring now. But, you know, being from Ohio, what is the incentive? Uh, what, what does Georgia have that Ohio State doesn't in your mind? Um, I would just say um, just like, I mean, obviously both schools are very talented. But I just think, like, SEC football, like, in general, especially Georgia, just, like, bigger, faster, stronger, really, than any other conference, I'd say. Um, and just, like, the plug-and-play, like, if uh, one player goes down, then the next it's next man up um, at, at a school like Georgia. So, in terms of the, the relationship with Todd Munkin, you, you talked a little bit about how, um, you know, he spent all that time with you as an eighth grader. And then even this year, uh, you you came for the I believe it was the Tennessee game, correct? You came in there for the Tennessee game, one of Georgia's biggest games of the year. Uh, and here is Todd Munkin spending a inordinate amount of time with a 2025 uh, quarterback, just sitting down, you know, shooting the breeze with you guys before the game and after the game. Uh, what did that say to you with the coach Munkin, with all his NFL experience, all that kind of stuff? Now he's taking the time a guy that's a couple classes away and really uh, spending that time with you. You know, it's just awesome. Um, it's definitely a blessing. Um, it, there's definitely a lot of mutual interest between us. Um, he's said before that I'm a top priority in the class. Um, I'm also very interested in Georgia, as you know. And I'm um, just for just for Coach Munkin to take time before and after the Tennessee game, as, like as big of a game as that was, that just showed a lot to me. Now, in terms of the the offensive style uh, of play, Georgia, you know, in, in years past has kind of been known more. Okay, well, let's uh, let, let's run it really effectively. Let's be good on play action stuff like that. But as we sit today, uh, at currently right now, Stetson Bennett ranks eighth in the country in passing, uh, three thousand eight hundred twenty-three yards, and all seven guys in front of him have more uh, more completions and more attempts. So he's done – he's been very, very efficient with – and they take the shots. Um, what's your thoughts on Georgia's offense and kind of how it's developed since Coach Munkin's been there? Yeah, for sure. Like you said, with Coach Munkin's NFL experience and all that, like he's someone that will not only develop you, but someone that's going to let you take control of that offense and spin the rock. Um, that's definitely something that really interests me. Um, not only just the numbers that Stetson's putting up, and a lot of people don't realize that, but also just like they're winning games. Like they're just rolling. They're on a roll right now. Trent, you, what, what else you got for Ryan? Yeah, do you have do you have a chance to uh, you know these 2025 targets? Uh, uh, you know other other commits or other uh, you know I guess uncommitted guys. Do you have a chance to, to spend time with them? Talk talk to any of them? Uh, talk to any guys from like the southeast? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I have um, definitely like while going on all these visits. Um, I definitely try to talk to as many people as I can just to, you know, grow in relationships with them because down the road, like we could be playing with each other. We could be playing against each other. So definitely to just build those connections with other guys in this class. Definitely something that I like to do. And you never know where people are going to end up ultimately, Trent, <laughs> with the transfer portal these days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I didn't know how, you know, being up north and, you know, I didn't know if you kind of built relationships with guys that are more up there. Or you, you had the opportunity 
And I guess you, you being on these visits, you do get the opportunity, but having the opportunity to, to meet and, and, and talk with these guys from the Southeast. Yes, sir. Uh, Ryan, do, does any, in terms of the, the Georgia players, when you're there, I know that you're, when you're a younger guy, you, most of the time you're spending with coaches and stuff like that, but I know you had that experience where you kind of ran into to JT Daniels there when he was a Georgia Bulldog. Have, have there been any Georgia players currently on visits that have been like, hey, this is the spot, like kind of reached out, out to you and, and uh, talked you up a little bit? Uh, not personally. Um, they have to like all, like all the recruits are there like after a win. But that's something that I like this spring that when I go on these spring practice visits, Georgia being one of the schools for sure that I'll go to. That's something that I kind of want to do is sit down with the current quarterback, the current quarterback, <clears throat> ask some questions and just, you know, see like how they're thinking, like what they're thinking and just why they came to Georgia. Now, it seems like in whether it's uh, the 2024 class in front of you, whether it's, um, you know, the transfer portal these days, all this kind of stuff, it doesn't matter seemingly where you go now if you're a top-tier quarterback such as yourself. There's going to be somebody that's already there that is extremely talented. Uh, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you approach that at all? Uh, you know, Georgia now, uh, you talk about Georgia and Ohio State uh, connection, uh, Dylan Raola was a 2024 commit to Ohio State. He's decommitted. Georgia uh, heavily involved there, recruiting him uh, in the class right ahead of you. Um, but also that you know Ohio State had got a couple of uh, 2023 commits in there th this year, signees, and and also uh, Michigan, Notre Dame. All these schools are racking up guys already in the class ahead of you. How do you hand How do you handle that? And does that come into your decision making very much? Oh, uh, that does not really come into my decision making at all. Um, like you said, like whatever school I'm going to pick, um, there's always going to be can't shy away from competition. That's something that will only fuel the fire for me is um, competition. I love competition. I'm a very competitive guy, and I'm just definitely looking forward to competing in college. Have you had any interaction with uh, with Dylan Rowell, uh, your brother being a commit, him being a former Ohio State commit? Have you guys talked and compared notes on uh, – because you've been recruited by a lot of the same schools. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I've talked to him a couple times. Um, not before, since, not since he's decommitted, though. But we just talked – we've talked a couple times before. Trent, uh, I, I may have one more question, but I was going to let you ask one more before we get, get Ryan out of here to watch some Monday Night Football. He's got a game he's pretty excited about watching back here. <laughs> but besides Georgia and Ohio State, uh, what other schools are, are kind of, you know, at the, the top of the list for you? Yeah, um, schools like Michigan, I've been there multiple times. So I'm definitely interested in them. Um, Clemson's another school that has shown a lot of interest in me. I went on a, um, a game visit this fall. Um, to Death Valley, that was pretty cool. Um, they may like, need you. They may need you like now, like like now. Clemson <laughs> may need you right now. Um, Tennessee is definitely another school. Uh, I went to a game there. That atmosphere was pretty crazy. Um, Penn State, Notre Dame. Um, and yeah. Still a lot. Still a lot of options on the table. Yeah, I know you're going to be doing these spring visits uh, after after the spring. Um, when is this thing getting kind of cut down for you? And as a, as a guy, even though it's 2025, people don't realize at this point next year, the 2024 class, the majority of them will already be enrolled and right. you'll be, you know, really this summer is kind of prime commitment time for you quarterbacks ahead of time to help build a class. So what is your timeline as a 2025 guy? Yeah. So I'm after taking these spring visits, I'm definitely looking to narrow the list down before next season starts. Um, whether that's publicly or just within the family. Um, I would say around four or five schools. That's probably the next step in my recruitment. Georgia uh, figured to be solidly in that four or five? For sure, for sure. Absolutely. Well, well, uh, Ryan, I greatly appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, we, we enjoy, uh, you know, covering you and, and, and enjoy, you know, looking forward to your year already been – really productive in your high school career for Finley and we'll uh, enjoy watching your junior season coming up. Appreciate I, guess you're, I guess you're pulling for since he did not. Well, no, that, we, we talked, we talked about, he's not a Bing, he's not a Bengals guy because his dad, his dad played, Ryan, go ahead and tell your story with your NFL team. Yeah. So we're Pittsburgh fans. And um, ironically enough, my dad played with big Ben here at 
the high school that I'm at right now, Finley High School, for a year, and then they both played at Miami, Ohio. So they're pretty good friends, and that's the connection there with Pittsburgh. Nice. I hear Ben Roethlisberger like spending some time in Georgia. So, you know, that, hey, there you go. You can ask him about, uh, about the state of Georgia. Maybe not all the stories, but uh, who knows. Uh, anyways, Ryan, we appreciate you uh, joining us, and uh, we'll, we'll, be talk- we'll be in touch with you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Mr. Gilmer. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, we, we appreciate Ryan joining us. Uh, he is a class of 2025 uh, QB, and now we're going to – uh, get on uh, to the to the rest of the show here, but we appreciate you, Ryan, uh, joining joining in. Uh, Trent, what do you think? Uh, some of the comments there from Ryan Montgomery, twenty twenty five quarterback that Georgia is heavily pursuing. Yeah, it just sounds like Georgia. Uh, you know, Todd Munkin, who you, you normally don't hear as a big recruiter, uh, for him to be on somebody, uh, you know, as early as eighth grade and uh, building that relationship with him ever since he's been at Georgia. Um, that shows how how uh, big of a priority he is in this class, and uh, you know he kind of he kind of said right there that you know Monk had said he's at the top of the list uh, priority wise, and um, it kind of sounds like uh, Georgia has really uh, that relationship with him and Munkin has really put Georgia squarely in the mix uh, for the twenty twenty five quarterback. Hey. Uh, Andy Stowe said, dang, Blaine really went there. Listen, we ask the hard-hitting questions here. We don't bring people on to that softballs, though, Andy. Okay, so we're uh, we're over here. Uh, we're over here asking the hard-hitting questions for sure. Um, now, listen, uh, guys, go ahead and drop, since we kind of had to get that interview first, go ahead and drop where you're watching from. Uh, go ahead and uh, share this out with all your friends because now we're going to get into the recruiting uh, coverage here. Uh, other than that, that interview, go ahead and hit that like button, hit subscribe, turn on notifications, because not only do we have content here, but you're going to have national championship coverage all week uh, that's going to be on this channel. Coach Donnan is going to be uh, doing his thing on here with Roddy and Dane that he normally does. And starting January 18th, we have a new show coming to the network, Tavares King and Noshawn Marino. Every week on here will be live Wednesdays at 8.30. I'll be joining those guys. So it is uh, it is going to be uh, a lot of great content here. Uh, you know, Andy Stowe that he's already shared. He's rocking it from Royston. Uh, we've got Edom Dogs Podcast uh, joining us from Chester, South Carolina. Uh, Beaufort, South Carolina, checking in with Jason, uh, Jason Hildreth. we got Burlington, Vermont. Jeremy Barbary from... Uh, from Loganville, so all the usual suspects and more. So everybody uh, check in with us. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Now, Trent, you spent some time down in Orlando this past week uh, watching the Under Armour All-American game preparation. I want to just give you a few minutes here just to kind of unload some notes and observations and tell everybody kind of what you've, uh, what you gleaned from your experience down there in Orlando. Yeah. I think everybody wants to know about Deuce Robinson. Um, you know, he, he is, uh, literally six, six, uh, two twenty five, two twenty. Uh, he, he, he's a rail, uh, doesn't look like your you know, normal tight end. He looks more, he looks more like Calvin Johnson or something like that body type. Um, yeah, runs well. Uh, he actually won uh, the one-on-one battle down there, and surprisingly, uh, who finished second in that? Uh, it was none other than Jonel Aguero. They faced up in the championship, and uh, Deuce actually caught one over Aguero. It was the best two out of three, and Aguero got the best of him on one and uh, got flagged on another. But um, uh, speaking of Jonel, is uh, Jonel said uh, he actually silently committed to Georgia uh, about a month before uh, committing to Georgia. Uh, um, it, but Florida and a couple other schools came strong down the stretch. Um, he, he, even, he even went into detail about a uh, school offering to him a substantial uh, or, a, a, you know, a, a significant. He uh, was offered a significant uh, large amount of money um, from another school. And uh, he chose to be developed by Georgia staff because he felt like that was the best chance of getting him in the NFL. Um uh, I talked to uh, uh, kicker commit Peyton Woodring. Um, did not know that he had silently committed to Alabama. Uh, he was silently committed to Alabama for a week and changed that commitment to Georgia and just felt like that was the best place for him. Um, 
He uh, has set the Louisiana State record with a 60-yard field goal and actually hit one from 68 uh, off the ground with a live snap in practice. Um, I watched him uh, at Under Armour practices. He was oh, hitting from 68 30. yards. 68 yards. And I was watching Under Armour practices, and he was hitting from 47 with ease, uh, and almost over the sticks. So uh, he's got a huge leg. Um, so it'd be interesting to see from an accuracy standpoint. I know he, uh, a lot of people question the accuracy because he's only 11 of 16, but uh, four, of, four of his five misses were 50-plus uh, during the season. Um also down there was a pair of inside linebackers, Raylan Wilson and Troy Bowles. Uh, just uh, great kids. Ray, Raylan Wilson actually got to be still chambers in uh, a scout team uh, helping prepare Georgia to play Ohio State. Um, you know, he talked about, uh, you know, the, the difference between high school and a college ball. And he, and he said he felt like uh, it's just the mindset. Everybody's down uh, – when you get to Georgia, everybody's there to work. And uh, high school, uh, it's a little bit different. You know, you got kids that are, uh, you know, not, not, not going all out or, or whatever all the time. So he said that was the main difference. He said just they're, they're just all dogs and they all want the same thing. And uh, um, Troy, uh, he, he was uh, measuring about 6'1", 206, um, said that uh, playing secondary had not been really talked about. But uh, Kirby, on his last in-home visit, talked about moving him around, using him in uh, different ways uh, uh, other than inside linebacker. So I imagine maybe some third-down packages coming for Troy. Uh, very fast. Uh, he's got a speed, very good in coverage. Uh, I think he had three interceptions in a playoff game at the, uh, in the state. Um, just uh, he was a great kid to talk to. Talked about, uh, you know, how his and uh, his father and Kirby's scheme uh uh, philosophy um, just kind of match up and how um, you know he's looking forward to playing for Kirby Smart um, trying to think of the last one uh, that was down there um, did not get a chance uh, Tyler Williams did not come because he stayed with Georgia uh, was actually had a I guess jersey on at the um, you know over at the, uh, at the playoff game yeah so uh, trying to think who else was there um uh, Justin Rett was there. You know, we have, we haven't seen him, heard much from him, and he's um, a good sized kid. So we um, confirm he is a real person. Okay. We confirm he is a person. He's uh, not seven cloud, and uh, he is uh, a part of Georgia's signee class. Um, I guess that's about it uh, for the guys that uh, I covered down there. But it was a, uh, uh, you know, it. it Another guy that was supposed to be down there was the uh, um, outside linebacker, Gabe, Gabe Harris. Uh, he was a late scratch because he did get injured at Georgia practice, um, but it was a hyperextension of the knee or something like that. I think that's what Raylan said. So, um, um, so we'll, we'll, uh, th that's the guys we covered. And I thought uh, the most surprising thing to me was uh, I wasn't expecting the speed from uh, Jonel Aguero. Uh, they, I asked him yeah. – and he said that uh, at, when he was at IMG, he ran a laser four three five forty, and it. Oh, we lost uh, lost Trent there for a second, uh, but uh, so we'll. We lost both of us for a second. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, but it's like it's almost it's almost like my internet went out or something. I don't know. Sorry for the sorry for the uh, interruption there, guys. Uh, but yeah, it, it it is different, you know, hearing that about uh, Jonah Aguaro because he really, you know, we he's kind of been viewed as okay. He's he's more a little bit of a thumper, okay, uh, and and he's a guy that that can really you know make plays come up fill fill the gap. But if he's got that kind of speed then uh, he may have more um, in common with Lewis Seen than being from the, the same area. Uh, he talked about Lewis Seen. He said that's one player he looks up to in his game. Um, uh, just from – he's very uh, – I wouldn't – he not – he's very thick. He's very mus uh, muscled up. You can tell he's probably a guy that could uh, – and I said this about Dalen Everett last year. You, you see his, his frame and the way he's built is uh, – it will get him on the field earlier than uh, later. 
just because I feel like he's more SEC ready than guys like Jaheim Singletary was and um, guys that needed to put on weight. He's He, he was six foot, uh, 202, um, and for safety, you got plenty of size there, and he, you could tell he's got plenty of uh, muscle mass on him. Absolutely. So I know you talked about uh, Deuce Robinson. We're going to have questions about him, so actually we'll, we'll wait off on that for a minute. But in terms of uh, – in terms of – you know, being there and seeing the the competition. Sometimes, Trent, uh, you see guys that they get around, um, whether they're at a high school, maybe they're from a smaller high school, or they're just, you know, used to being the alpha dog all the time. Some Sometimes guys respond well to that kind of environment, and sometimes they don't. Who was maybe of Georgia's signees down there that, that really, uh, really maybe you would say had the best week? I would say from what I saw, uh, it'd be Aguero and uh, Raylan Wilson, just because Raylan Wilson's going to, uh, with his speed, um, the way they're doing it, uh, it's almost like a. Uh, there's not much hitting, uh, you know, during the week, during practice. It's more like uh, you put them out there and it's almost like seven on seven, but there is offense linemen, defense linemen, but there's not just not much hitting going on. And I would say uh, just from overall speed and, and his coverage ability, I would say Raylan Wilson, uh, his speed is uh, – uh, awesome. Uh, just uh, I see him, uh, you know, coming into next year, um, maybe being a special teams guy. He's getting on campus early. Um, but with what Georgia has returning the inside linebacker, you know, he could he might could come in and play like a John Walker uh, role like he did this year. Um, but um, I know that it's a deep position, but I think he's one of those guys like Jamon Dumas Johnson that's going to have a, a big role as a sophomore just because of his overall speed and uh uh, you know, ability to track ball, track things down. And I asked him, I said, who do, who do you kind of compare to? And, it, you know, Roquan Wilson, uh, Roquan Smith was the first uh, name he said, which is kind of funny because uh, he's, he's yeah. kind of built like Roquan. So, um, Absolutely. And he can run. He can yeah. run like Roquan can run for sure. So, uh, well, that's a great update there from uh, Trent on the Under Armour All-American game. That game's going to be played tomorrow. Uh, so you can watch those guys in action tomorrow. Uh, then, then of course, the the uh, used to be the Army All American game. Now it's just the All American game in San Antonio. Will be I think the seventh. So uh, you know you get to see some some Georgia guys on each side uh, in in both of those games. Um, now we're going to get to our vault questions as we do every week. But first, we do want to mention again, uh, presented by Turner Wood and Smith Insurance in cooperation with Auto Owners Insurance, Turner Wood and Smith, Trey Wood, those guys, they'll help you out with all your customer service needs, get you lined up with the best uh, policy providers and auto owners being one of those are good to my family, life, home, car, business, Auto Owners Insurance. Uh, you can check out all the information that's scrolling down below on the bottom of the screen throughout the show. Now it's time to get to our vault questions. As we do, make sure if you're in here, got a lot of people in here, hit that like button. That helps out a ton. Uh, so as many people as in here, there should be that many likes. Hit that like button for us. We really greatly appreciate that. Subscribe, uh, turn on notifications. Uh, and now, Trent, without further ado, let's get to these uh, vault questions. Darv Janus, he's been our first uh, responder on our, on our uh, asking for questions over on the vault last couple of weeks. He says, any news on Smoke Bowie? Also, uh, how did current dogs perform this week at Under All American? So we've already uh, handled that part of the question. Now we can talk about Smoke Bowie. Um, Trent, uh, it was, you know, widely, everything we were hearing is widely speculated that Smoke Bowie ends up being a Georgia Bulldog. Is there any, any cause for uh, hesitation uh, on that feeling now? No, I don't think so. And, and honestly, I'm not even sure Smoke Bowie will even make an announcement just the way – I think, uh, you know, how everything turned out at Texas A&M and him coming uh, and, you know, he had to, it, it, it was, uh, you know, back in Georgia. And I think um, uh, this might be one of those situations where you just see him enroll in January and just, you know, start classes. So uh, I still feel good about where Georgia stands with, with Smoke. Yeah, uh, I think Smoke Boo will still end up being a, a Georgia Bulldog, and I think it could be sooner rather than later, maybe even after the national championship game, something along those lines. Um, see that what happens there. Of course, we do have to – well, we'll get to the, the Raymond and Cottrell stuff here in a minute. I think we got a question on it. Um, Dave Smith says, uh, do we get Deuce or not, and who is the next commit? So, Trent, uh, like you said, you were down there, talked to Deuce. Um, you have felt for a while that Georgia – 
is in the driver's seat in this one. Did that feeling get uh, bumped up a little bit in, in your face-to-face -face interaction with Deuce this weekend? Yeah, it did. It, it, I think uh, the way he talked about Georgia, you know, he mentioned being closest with the USC commits, which makes sense because that's, you know, he's from out West. Um, but it, it seemed like uh, Georgia and Texas were kind of the two schools that he went on about. And, and I think uh, the way he talked about Georgia and what he said was, was, was discussing, uh, it's ultimately going to come down to uh, re relationships and, and how he feels like the coaches are going to, uh, you know how how the how he feels like the coaches and the and the his and the players interact and how the players and, and the players together interact and he's talked about and then he went on to say how uh, when he took an official visit it very it boosted Georgia way up just for the uh, fact that he saw how much the Georgia players loved each other and played for each other and the culture that Kirby Smart built at Georgia of being selfless instead of uh, playing for themselves, playing for each other. And that kind of coincided with what he's looking for in the decision. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do like where Georgia stands right now. And he said, uh, uh, as far as uh, visits, uh, I think he's going to try to take some unofficial visits to the four schools that are in it, which is Georgia, USC, um, Texas, and then Alabama's the fourth, which I think they're a little bit behind. Um, he mentioned Oregon as a possibility, but he said he wants to stick to those uh, four schools. Um, and uh, uh, decision um, hopefully come on February 1st. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in terms of the who's the next commit, I mean, I think you'd probably be looking as a guy to, to look out for the the uh, All-American game that used to be the Army. I guess it's the Army All-American game. I don't know, uh, whatever, whoever the sponsor is. Uh, January 7th out there, uh, Peyton Woodyard, who's in the class of 2024, he's going to be out there. Uh, not as a player in that game, but just as a somebody being around and and uh, you know he's going to make an announcement. We're hearing out there, uh, and Georgia has long you know been in in good position with him, so he he could end up being the the next commitment in this uh, in the class of 2024 actually. But 2023, I think you're going to you know wait around and see uh, what happens with Deuce in ter in ter terms of that. Uh, so February signing day. Um, let's check the YouTube comments real quick here. Uh, people are talking about the refs for the national championship game. It's the ACC refs. So, hey, ACC's got to get something, right? You know, so let, let the referees do the game. Uh, let, let, them, let them feel like they're they're a part of something. Uh, Q's dog 52. If Deuce wants to play for a championship, he comes to UGA. If he wants to play uh, like a bowl before Christmas, he goes elsewhere. So Q's dog is uh, firmly saying, uh, if you want to play for championships, uh, come to Georgia. So not really a question there from Q's dog, but more declarative statement there, uh, uh, Trent. He's he's putting it out there. All right. Uh, rumors, speaking of rumors versus facts, Andy Stowe says, rumors are Denver wants Harbaugh. Um, if you were to go, do you think Donovan Edwards pulls a John Cena, can't see me, uh, Michigan uh, and uh, heads to the to the good guys. Uh, Trent John, Donovan Edwards was right down to the wire between Michigan and Georgia. Really, the last week or so of his recruitment, it looked like Georgia still had a chance. Um, I would imagine there there would be a lot of Michigan Wolverines that would rethink their position with that program uh, if their leader decided to go back to the pro ranks. Yeah, and, and that's just uh, a wait-and-see thing. I think uh, with with Georgia having Dejon and Kendall coming back, they feel comfortable with taking five in next year. Of course, if Donovan, a guy like Donovan Edwards, uh, hit the portal, then, uh, you know, Georgia would have, seriously have to think about that because um, their position with them and recruiting and their relationship <laughs> with him and, and Donovan's mother and stuff like that. But so uh, we'll wait and see on that. But I, I do think uh, – um, you know, I think that's a, a possibility and we'll see what happens with, with Harbaugh because he's been in this situation pretty much every year since he's been at Michigan. So we'll see what, ultimately what happens. Yeah. Kirby, Kirby Smart, Del McGee, uh, all these guys, when you hear them talk, uh, you know, media days, transfer portal, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're, they're, they're adamant in saying that Georgia has to either have had a prior relationship with the player or have, have closely scouted that player in preparation for playing them at a la Dominant Lovett, Ra Ra Thomas that have come in. Of course, Smoke Bowie would be in that same boat. Donovan Edwards would be in that same boat as well because uh, Del McGee was, of course, all over him in, yeah. in that 
in that and, and Georgia's not one of these schools offering kids NIL deals when they're on current rosters. So, uh, yeah, so. Absolutely. Uh, F, F. McCreary Jr. says, now that early signing day has come and gone, uh, can you confirm of the current signees who was a silent commit? So we'll answer that question first. Uh, we knew Anthony Evans was committed for a long time, uh, Trent. Um, you know, after he decommitted from Oklahoma, we knew that flip was coming. Um, he was uh, he was silently committed when he was committed to Oklahoma, um, <laughs> even before he decommitted. He's like, listen, I'm not. I ain't decommitted yet, but this thing's going down. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Anthony Evans was one of them. Tyler Williams, we knew that thing was done for a while. He's he's a guy there. C.J. Allen knew that. Samuel Mapemba was down there actually. Also, I forgot to mention him earlier, but uh, he was another one that was uh, silently committed for a while before he he committed. Yeah, uh, a- absolutely. So so a few guys like that that we know for sure. Uh, like when you were coming and had had, uh, you know, had these recruiting stories, recruiting uh, the commitment stories prepped for a long time out there. We knew Kyron Jones was coming at the end there, knew that was going to be happening, that that flip and, and tried to, uh, you know, give guys a heads up on that. And then um, I guess the the really the other one that comes to mind for me in terms of a silent commit uh i get even damon wilson like damon wilson we kind of knew a week out uh that, that this thing was this thing was going to happen um for, uh, for them and man when you see the the even though cj stroud was not a known as a running quarterback trent um guys that have mobility it just further magnifies the importance of getting those dynamic edge rushers and uh Uzo Deribe has outdone himself uh, in his first signing signing class as a Georgia assistant coach. Yeah, and a lot of people wonder why, you know, Georgia's defense has taken kind of a step back this year and I don't think it's necessarily a scheme or anything like that. I just think that they've had uh since Nolan Smith's gone down, they've had a problem off the edge and uh you know, you you have a true freshman at one edge and you have guys that are uh, uh, look really unexperienced. So you, sometimes you have a true freshman on the other edge with Marvin Jones, and then you have uh, Chaz Chambliss in there who hasn't played a, a whole lot of snaps in his career. And, of course, you get Robert Bill. But uh, uh, Robert Bill has never been uh, – he, he's been always been a guy that they can trust to be out there to, to play his gaps, assignments, and stuff like that. But he's never been a huge uh, sack guy. I know he led the team in sacks last year, but it wasn't a, a big number. So I think they've really lacked uh, those guys this year, like a Lorenzo Carter and a, a Davin Bellamy and guys like they've had in the past. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, next question we got here is from Scuffletown. It says, uh, do you think that the talent on the roster uh, – and he had a longer question than this. I'll, I'll, read the, I'll read the entirety of the question. I just couldn't put it all up. He said, I believe – that we, Georgia, uh, will beat TCU as most dog fans do. If we, if Georgia does, uh, many think that that places us as the best in college football. Well, back-to-back national championships, I would say, does place you as the best in college football. Uh, Since you guys do recruiting, um, following the team closely, do you think the talent on the roster – that will be playing over the next couple of years will keep Georgia with a very good possibility of continuing the opportunity of winning the Natty. And then he goes on to say this year has been very good after losing 15 draft picks. Uh, is the roster loaded with potential to keep playing at that level? Um, I Listen, I, and I'll let you give your take on it here in just a second. But all I'm telling people is that defense that you saw – uh, yes, they got they gave up some some points to Ohio State, but the defense that you've seen this year, you're going to see the majority of that defense back. Probably seven seven guys uh, coming back, and then the guys that are getting experience behind them. Um, then plus, Trent, I think I think that Georgia's wide receiver core next year will be the deepest it's been in the entirety of the Kirby Smart era. Yes, you'll be breaking in a new quarterback, probably two new offensive tackles, but really one because Amarius Mims is starting now, um, maybe a new center. So some offensive line stuff and a a quarterback. But in terms of the skill positions, uh, I don't know that Georgia will ever have been deeper. And, oh, by the way, go look at that 2023 schedule. 
the hardest non-conference game is Georgia Tech, and there's no Alabama or LSU on that schedule. Yeah, and that's what I've been telling people. I said, I, I think, you know, with Georgia, what the impressive thing is Georgia has a chance to go back-to-back, and I think this is going to be their worst year from a talent standpoint for the next three years. Um, I think 23 – uh, the 23 year and the 24 year is going to have more talent. Now, uh, you know, you, you, you're losing guys like Jalen Carter. Um, you're losing guys like Broderick uh, Jones and, and, and key members of this uh, that are probably going to be first round picks. But you, you, you're, you've stacked so much talent on that defensive side of the ball. Um, if you can, if you can continue to get elite defensive line play, which there's no doubt, as long as uh, uh, the coaching staff's there, that uh, you know Trey Scott, you're going to get elite defensive play, you're going to get elite defensive development on the defense line. Um, I think you're going to be better in the secondary next year. I think you're going to be, uh, you know, you're going to be better at linebacker just because you've got the two inside linebackers coming back, and you're going to have a edge rush next year. Uh, it's going to be better than this year because you just didn't have one this year. Michael Williams, I have another year. Um, and offensively, like you talked about, there's just going to be playmakers galore. You're not going to have that issue with wide receiver um, uh, with the lack of. And uh, depending on who comes back, you know, if, if you can bring those guys back, you're going to have five or six deep um, when maybe a guy like Arian Smith being your fifth or sixth guy and you see what he has the capability of doing. So, yeah, I think the wide receiver that that offense, you're going to see not much drop off uh, at all. Maybe even a step up. Uh, it all depends on quarterback play there. Uh, but I think the defense is going to be better and more talented the next couple of years. Yeah, and and the thing the thing about it is, yes, Stetson Bennett is is I, I tweeted out he's a legend. I mean, there's no there's no arguing it now for what he's done for Georgia football. He's an all time legend of Georgia football, and he will be. You know, I, as people. Some people may not even believe this statement. He will be sorely missed, I think, uh, by, by Georgia next year in certain certain areas with his mobility, with his, you know, the clutch gene that he seems to have. He steps up in the biggest moments. But when it comes down to it, uh, Trent, how do you alleviate, you know, inexperience at the quarterback position? Well, you you put a ton of playmakers around him, like you, like you said, and, and that's exactly what Georgia will have done. And it's also not like – uh, if it is Carson Beck or if it is uh, Rock Vandergriff or if it is Gunnar Stockton, it's also like it's it's not going to be any of those guys first year in Todd Munkin's system. They all uh, have been steeped in it a little bit. And, and quite frankly, Carson Beck uh, probably knows it as well as anybody at this point. So, um, you know, they're, they're, I think Georgia is well positioned going forward uh, recruiting wise. I think the impressive part of what what Stetson and the, the offense has achieved is the same fact that they don't have Marvin Harrison front around. Yes, they have Brock Bowers, but they don't have uh, the wide receivers like Alabama's had in the past or Ohio State's had in the past, and 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 you know to be able to beat those teams and um, and Stetson's played every one of those teams uh, head to head and and you know had been as good as the other quarterback, and that's what's been impressive is that he's doing more with less. And not to say Georgia didn't tell on the offense because I think A.D. Mitchell is a good player and they lad, but they're they're not they're just not Marvin Harrison and those guys. So I think he's done more with less than the other guys, um, and, and it's just been that's what's been impressive to me. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's you look at the sack that Bullard had on on Stroud. Well, who was bringing the pressure up the middle? It was Bear Alexander, right? And that's a name that is going to be well known next year with Jalen Carter leaving. You're going to Bear Alexander in there, Sean. Uh, uh, you know, Sean, uh, man, Sean, I'm, I'm, I can't, Sean Washington, uh, he, he's in there. He's already played some at the interior, you know. Uh, Tyrium, Ingram Dawkins. Yeah, Ingram Dawkins. I mean, they've got a bunch of guys uh, that have been, you know, been instrumental as being being guys kind of waiting their turn uh, and, and are going to be out there. So, um, yeah, I think it, uh, I think it's going to be well positioned uh, going forward for, for Georgia. All right. So now let's look here and see what our next question is. It comes from Pine Tree. Uh, Pine Tree One. Is UGA still pushing for a class with Walker Lines and Deuce Robinson in it? Kind of a trick question because they really wouldn't be in the same class because Walker Lines is going to do a Mormon mission that will put him either, I'm not 100% 
you know, schooled and how that goes. So I don't know if that's a one year or two year absence, but he's really, you're really looking more at him being a 2024 or 2025 guys. But listen, Todd Hartley didn't fly all the way across the country and do an in-home visit for no reason with Walker Lyons, Trent. Yeah. And, and you know, everything I uh, was, was, you know, talking to people down in, in Orlando and the thing I heard was, uh, you know, Georgia's about to land four of the top six or whatever uh, tight ends in the country. And, you know, Walker Lines is part of that group. Now, whether or not uh, Georgia's able to, uh, you know, uh, finish that off, we'll see. I do think that they sit in a good position for Deuce Robinson. But uh, they, they are continuing to go after Walker Lines, And I think it is because of that uh, more of that class separation and, and getting that guy, uh, you know, by the, by the time he's, a, you know, t- 24 or 25 guy. Um, that's like having a five-star, another five-star tight end in the class. So, um, yeah, I, I like where Georgia stands for Deuce, and uh, we'll we'll see where the uh, the chips fall and walk. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, let's see right here. Sixteen dollars says, uh, "What is the backstory on Cottrell? Did we encourage him to look around? Did he have grade issues? Were grades the reason he couldn't in early enroll?" It was really more of a numbers game here. Uh, had some, got you have so many spots that you could deal with with the 85 and people early enrolling and stuff like that. And sometimes some guys get asked uh, to wait in terms of being an early enrollee. Georgia still, I believe, Trent would have would have liked to have had um, Cottrell in in the class. But uh, you know when that happens, um, you know feelings can get hurt a little bit. And when somebody else comes and uh, when that happens and somebody else starts come paying you a lot of attention, like Texas A&M uh, did, then, you know, he, he thought that was the best move for him. Yeah, it's a hard situation with, with a guy because, you know, you, you're you're getting ready to graduate high school. Um, you, you plan to early enroll, and then, you you know, you kind of get asked to, to, to wait. And, and, you know, now you got to – you go back to high school for, I guess, another semester or whatever – and, uh, you know, you, you just you're, you're waiting and uh, some some guys uh, like to say, OK, I'm good with that. And some guys just want to, you know, they're, they're, they've been planning to early enroll and they just want to early enroll. And uh, and I think, you know, he made the, the best decision for him and the path that he wanted to take. And uh, he chose to go elsewhere and, uh, you know, best of luck to 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 Cottrell and and, you know, his future on the football field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we got. Uh, Got some more questions here. Let's see. Uh, OU Herschel Walker says, does Riola reconsider and go to Ohio State, or does he sign elsewhere? Um, and then also he has best football player to become a pro wrestler, Ernie Ladd, Dusty Rhodes, Stephen Michael, uh, The Rock, Goldberger, Ron Simmons. Listen, uh, I know that the answer here on a Georgia show would probably be Goldberg, but hands down it's Ron Simmons in terms of that. Ron Simmons was absolute. I mean, he's a – three-time All-American at, at Florida State. Uh, dude was an absolute nightmare as defensive tackle, heck of an athlete. So, Ron Simmons, if you hadn't seen, that's the answer on that one. Now, as far as Dylan Raiola, I can tell you this. Uh, it didn't take long, I don't think, for Georgia to contact Dylan uh, Raiola after that after that uh, clock at triple zeros uh, against Ohio State. Um, I, I just have a, have a little uh, – inkling that, uh, that 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 was that was brought up and mentioned uh feel like georgia is as well i've reported it time and time again they're as well positioned as any school in the recruitment with uh dylan raola i think you'll definitely see him um make a trip at some point uh to athens um before any kind of decision is made it's going to be a well thought out decision um and and i'll just say this the georgia bulldogs are pushing all the way from the very top uh kirby directly involved in this and uh i think they they've made it quite clear uh that they want dylan raola if it was if it was my bet right now i would if if i was saying uh does dylan raola go back to ohio state or does he go somewhere else i would say uh take the field instead of ohio state uh trent what, what's your thoughts on raola yeah i uh i think he'll end up somewhere other than ohio state i think um no i think ohio state's still pushing there but I, I do think he ends up somewhere other than Ohio State, and I think Georgia has positioned themselves in a nice position. I know Nebraska uh, is pushing as well with the the, the family, um, 
you know, having family there. But I, I do think uh, he's looking to do the best thing for for him in this scenario. And uh, and I, I do know Todd Munkin and, and Kirby Smart have been, uh, uh, you know, push as well. And and you know, yeah, I guess he did get a little phone call after that game of the other day, or maybe a little message. But uh, but yeah, I think Georgia's heavily in the mix. Uh, we'll see what happens this spring. And and you know, like we talked about quarterbacks, uh, it, I wouldn't be surprised if he. Uh, decides to make a decision by the spring after some visits. But uh, I think Georgia is going to, uh, you know, get a visit and be, be heavily in the mix there. Yeah, it's uh, and it's not just Dylan Raola, I don't think. I mean, it's other guys. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Deuce Robinson, I'm sure, uh, you know, 2024 guys, 2025 guys, all uh, anybody that they could legally contact we're getting contacted by Georgia coaches because I'm sure that, uh, you know, that's just part of it. That's part of uh, how Kirby operates. He, you know, you saw in the interview with Holly Rowe, literally seconds after winning, he's over there telling, telling her how bad uh, Stetson Bennett played. He's got to play better to, to win the national championship after putting up uh, almost 400 yards and four total touchdowns, uh, one, one rushing, three, three passing. So uh, Kirby's always coaching. He's always recruiting. And I guess that's what's uh, made this Georgia program be where it's at. So, Trent, uh, we, like I said, it's National Championship Week. We'll have all the coverage here. Um, anything before we uh, let the people out of here? What uh, any parting thoughts on uh, on recruiting on the on on the state of the Georgia program on any anything like that, man? No, I, I got you know I got the stories on Jonel Aguero coming to the uh, site tomorrow and, and you know his thoughts and, and stuff on the NIL process. Uh, you know, I, I think Georgia's program as a whole is is probably as good as it's ever been um, just to hear these recruits talk about um, the way he's built a culture of having selfless guys on the team and uh, you know just building that continue out it, just the, the whole program um, they said talking about you know it, the, the players ain't worried about their stats and I talked to the three inside you know two of the three inside linebackers and they're all three roommates in, in college and they said we're not worried about we, we look at what Georgia did with Channing Tindall and Nicobe Dean and uh, those three guys together Quay Walker and they said that's gonna be us three in a couple of years and they said we ain't worried about who puts up stats Quay Walker, Quay Walker I don't believe was ever really a full-time starter for for Georgia at any point and he he's he's maybe the rookie of the year defensively in the NFL. I mean, he's, he's, he's been just unbelievable for green Bay. So uh, yeah, guys, we, we firmly uh, can't tell you enough how much we appreciate your support here on the channel. 2022 was a tremendous year of growth. Uh, we look for 2023 to be the same. And it's all because of you guys, uh, you know, following along and, and liking the content. So, like as we said, like, subscribe, turn on notifications. We've got Coach Donnan's show coming up on the 18th. We have the debut of the weekly show here. Uh, a name will be, uh, you know, put out before too long, but the weekly show that's going to be live with Tavares King and Noshan Marino each week starting January 18th. And then, of course, we have Rumors versus Facts here each Monday night, uh, and then we're going to be doing 8.30 from here on out, so 8.30. What time um, we, what are we going to do next Monday? Uh, uh, next Monday? Uh, well, we, 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 won't be do, we won't be going live next Monday because <laughs> there's a little game going on, so we'll, we'll skip rumors versus facts, or maybe we'll do a little Sunday edition or something something like that, so uh, it'll be uh, it'll be fun uh, to, to, to see that. It's a, it's a fun time in college football in general. It's a fun time to cover what's going on with uh, Georgia football, so Appreciate you guys tuning in for Trent Smallwood. I am Blaine Gilmer. We will catch you guys next time on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts.